Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain. But you feel it. You felt it your entire life. But there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Seeker Podcast, that service of change, where we challenge reality, question that we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II. On tonight's episode of the Seeker Podcast, I'm going to say one word and one word alone that's going to invoke emotion in most of you, Trump. Whether you love him, whether you hate him, whether you're standing on the sidelines trying to be an innocent bystander watching this chaos play out in the world around us, he is definitely shaking things up from executive orders that he's been signing to policies that he's been changing. I'm going to dissect some of what he's been doing from the from the Seeker podcast perspective. Moreover, I don't want to just be an echo chamber for the news stations that are going out there reporting every little thing that he does, every tweet that he throws out there. Let's talk about solutions. Let's brainstorm where can we go from here? Because I feel like everybody's just out there complaining about what he's doing or praising him for what he's doing or arguing about everybody else that's talking about him. Where are the real solutions? So let's explore some of that in this episode of The Seeker Podcast. Jumping into the news first, this article comes to us from Seeker.com. A virtual out-of-body experience could reduce your fear of death. In a study, researchers showed that separating a person's consciousness from her physical body reduced her fear of dying. In the research study, 32 female volunteers at the University of Barcelona were outfitted with, with Oculus VR headsets as well as vibrating motion trackers on their hands and feet. The participants were encouraged to identify with their virtual body through a series of exercises. Motion tracking provided visual feedback. When the subject moved her arms in the real world, she could see her arms moving in the virtual world. The sensors also included a tactile or haptic mechanism. When a ball bounced off the virtual body's foot or hand, the participant felt the impact on her foot on her real foot or hand. That's when things got freaky. Once the illusion was established, the virtual point of view detached from the virtual body, rising up to the ceiling of the virtual room and looking down so the participants could see their own virtual body below. The sequence was designed to replicate the classic out-of-body experience reported by people in dreams or during near-death experiences. I'll have the rest of this article linked in the show notes at serviceofchange.com. But basically what happened, once they were in this virtual out-of-body state, half of the participants still received that tactile feedback in the, from the virtual world. So if something bounced on their hand, they'd still feel the vibration in their hand. The other half stopped receiving that stimulation. So it was as if they were completely detached. If a ball would bounce on the foot, they wouldn't feel the vibration on their foot. And what they found was that the women who were not receiving that tactile feedback 
had a lower fear, and I guess a survey was given afterwards, a significantly lower fear of death than the women who received that feedback from the ball hitting them or from the, you know, the tactile sensors in there. This is a very interesting study because it, 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 it explores consciousness, but I guess my concern, I've been tracking a lot of this tech and a lot of this AI, we, we are having this push to move into this virtual world, this virtual reality system. And that worries me. That worries me because it may become a different state of consciousness. But I fear that by going through technology, we're going to completely, although some can argue most of us have already lost this ability, but we're going to even further lose our connection to do this naturally, to have an out-of-body experience I don't know, maybe tech can teach us to enhance that. But with this, it sounds like it's simulating it and it's taking us in a different direction. And if you've listened to my shows, I, you know, I've presented arguments and evidence for the, the simulation argument that we're living in a virtual reality. And if that's the case, is this just taking us a deeper level like in the movie Inception? I often think about that. What if we are the virtual reality of another reality? What if we're somewhere plugged in and we've forgotten, like the movie Total Recall, they put these false memories in his head. What if we have something like that going on? And I'm purely speculating here, but it's fun to let the imagination run wild because sometimes we can figure things out and come to truths and understandings about ourselves and the world around us. So I'm going off on a tangent here for a minute, but just think for a minute. I mean, with all this, all this stuff people are saying that I find fascinatingly compelling and I think it makes a strong argument that we may very well be living in some kind of digital simulation or or, so, or the equivalent thereof. I've, I've done several shows talking about this possibility. Do you think tech would be a good thing or a bad thing? I, I honestly don't know. I lean towards, I think it's going to take us in the wrong direction if we're trying to understand our consciousness and accessing those higher levels. I think this would bring us to a lateral level going in a completely different direction, in, in my opinion. Interesting sighting coming to us out of North Carolina through MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, from January 23rd, 2017, by Roger Marsh. North Carolina witness describes triangle UFO under 500 feet. North Carolina witness at Elizabeth City reported watching a triangle UFO hover under 500 feet over his vehicle, according to testimony in case 81565 from the Mutual UFO Network, or MUFON, witness reporting database. The reporting witness was a passenger in his mother's vehicle on January 11, 2017, as they were driving into town for a birthday dinner. On our way to town, I happened to notice what I thought at first was maybe a helicopter or aircraft, the witness stated, but it had unusually bright white lights with what appeared to be red-green flashing lights, kind of like a normal aircraft might have. Don't think too much of it at the time, but it kept, it kept kind of looking towards it as it moved slowly interesting report. Was it a UFO? Was it a secret government program? Or was it alien life? I don't know. There's links to the show notes. It has a read more section on there so you can continue to explore the content of that of that reporting there from, from MUFON. This next story comes to us from unknowncountry.com. I visit them frequently. Great stuff. This one's titled, Yet Another Asteroid Made a Close Pass to Earth. Dated Wednesday, January 25th, 2017. This is scary. This is the second incident uh, in, in a short amount of time. This article covers it. Another asteroid made a close pass to Earth on January 24th at 1154. The second one to do so in as many weeks. 
Asteroid 2017 BX's close pass just within the moon's orbit follows Asteroid 2017 AG-13's January 9 flyby a mere 15 days. While this new asteroid missed us as well and wouldn't cause much damage if it were to actually have hit us, it does set up a disturbing trend as both 2017 BX and 2017 AG-13 weren't discovered until mere days before their closest approaches. 2017 BX wasn't spotted until January 20th, only four days before its closest approach. Its predecessor, 2017 AG-13, gave even less warning, having been spotted only two days prior to its own close pass. These two events underscore the difficulty faced by sky survey programs in discovering potentially dangerous asteroids. Large ones are easy to spot, but smaller ones can go completely unnoticed until they're right on top of us, remaining undetected by virtue of both their minuscule size and dark coloring. It does make one wonder how many of these rocks we didn't see before astronomers started looking for them. Okay, and this article has more information at unknowncountry.com. You can check out the link to it in the show notes over at my website at Service of Change. This is... uh, I don't want to use the term scary, but I'm going to use the term scary. I don't like to put scary things out there, but it's something to think about. I was listening to a podcast from Graham Hancock this morning, and this went back to 1996, and Graham was talking about the danger of these asteroids out there. Because he his book, you know, his newest book, uh, Magicians of the Gods, where he uncovers that evidence that about... 12,500 years ago, there was a single celestial impact, a giant asteroid hit the Earth and completely wiped out an advanced civilization. And what happened in Sumer and in Egypt, you know, five, 6,000 years ago are the remnants of that ancient society. So we see these asteroids that are coming out of nowhere with no warning. That should be a reminder to us that this is possible that we may not be able to detect it. When Graham was saying, and I agree with what he was saying, if we spent one-tenth of what we spend on wars on enhancing our ability to detect these things in space, we'd have a much better opportunity to capture these things and take evasive action and put a contingency plan in place. We have a better chance of identifying it, of identifying these things out there. So something to think about, keep your eyes to the sky. I wouldn't say go panic right now because it seems like there's nothing to do about that anyway, but just something to keep an eye on that, that always catches my interest and my attention. Okay, the last story I want to cover actually comes to us through a listener. And I'm not going to go too deep into it right now. I'd like to really delve into what this listener reached out to me regarding in a later show so I can dedicate more time to it. Uh, this listener asked to remain anonymous, and I am appreciative for this person reaching out and, and sharing their experiences. And I'm going to use refer to this person as him, but it could be a male, could be a female, just for the purposes of me speaking. I'm going to respect the anonymity of our listener here. But what he tells us is that he, w- he was thanking me for, for some of the episodes of the show, which I greatly appreciate that type of feedback. But he had particular interest, and he said, I've been following your podcast, and I would say a big thank you because a couple of them have helped me a lot. First off, the podcast on UFOs being produced by holograms and military equipment that can affect people's central nervous systems. Second, the recent podcast about a person's experience with voices and vibrations. I can adjust some of my UFO experiences, particularly those within the last three to four years, to the perspective of hologram because at the time of one experience where I heard a voice and was told to come outside, there was a bright light above my house, which I can rework into the perspective of it being a drone. The UFO experience, not a drone, occurred the same As for vibrations, yes, 
sometimes light and sometimes intense. And that's why I'm writing to you because I just recently, I was subjected to very strong vibrations and was woken up with a speeding heart, increasing my heart rate whilst asleep. So I woke up has been a constant experience along with the vibrations. The end result of this event from January 3rd is that my heart has been considerably weakened. This happened January 3rd. I have always exercised daily, but I'm now unable to exercise and find myself getting tired easily. I suppose I should go to the doctors to get it checked, but I am so worn down by the constant negative comments, put downs, associations with these voices that I've lost a lot of my positive look out on life. A lot of my positive spirit, really. Death just seems like a good idea right now. And I now believe that is the purpose of this, to destroy our spirit and life, a psyop designed to get us ready for the yoke of oppression when a basic income is introduced globally so that we have no self-confidence or belief. As we move toward the neo-feudalistic future with two class systems, 1% controllers, 99% poverty. So I'm writing to you because I don't care if they take it out on me anymore. I've been told not to tell anyone about what's happening to me. I've had two other heart attacks with this process, but at that time I was brainwashed, whatever it is, magnetism, ELF, laser. It has a powerful effect on the human brain and central nervous system and was programmed to put them within a Judeo-Christian context that I was given. Visualizing Jesus has come to save you, but now there's a war going on in you because you are the church. So that is how I rationalized the previous heart attacks away. But now, thanks to your programs pointing me in the way, I am angry and I am reaching out in the hope that we can bring this torture to an end for myself and all. I'll try to pick up more of, of what this listener in a future podcast, but I want to address what he said here. Number one, my friend, don't give up the fight. Don't give up the struggle. I know it's difficult. I know it can seem like the world is crashing down around you and it seems hopeless and you can feel powerless to these forces that surround you. And it sounds like, as I've talked about on previous shows with these archons and their job is to get in your head and to influence your emotions and to make you feel sad, to make you feel helpless and to ultimately get you to do things that are going to further perpetuate that energy that you're putting out there. And I hate to use the word fight because a fight is a conflict and it's exhausting and the fear is that we become what we are fighting. It was Nietzsche that said that, don't become what you are fighting. So instead of a fight, I like to look at it as a dance or in Kung Fu martial arts, your opponent pushes on you and instead of pushing back on them, you take their energy and you redirect it. And I hope, my friend, that you can take this energy of this frustration that you're feeling and I hope that you can push it in a new direction. I would recommend getting checked out for your heart condition. Dig deep, find the strength to do that. Reach out to a friend or a family member if you need the support to get there and go get checked out medically, but also to do that inner work. It's, it, you know, it's those darkest days that that work is the most difficult, but that's when you need to do it most. And that's why to my listeners out there, I encourage us to do that inner work regularly, to, to be familiar with your energy, with your feelings, with your consciousness, and to recognize when something foreign, something foreign is coming at it, is influencing it, because then you can go through your practice and redirect that energy. You can block that energy before it puts you in that weakened state, because when you're in that weakened state, you're opened up even more. But if you find yourself in that vulnerable state, go back to basics, set small goals, and celebrate small victories. 
Try meditating for five minutes a day on something positive. Surround yourself with positivity. If you only have one thing in your life that makes you happy, focus on that, find that feeling and magnify it. Stare at the picture of someone that makes you feel good about yourself. Listen to a song that puts you in a good mood and listen to it over and over and over and over again. Meditate, listen to binaural beats that are designed to raise your energy levels and put you in a, in a great feeling mood. There's a lot of tools that we have out there. We can use technology, we can use ourselves, we can use our minds. If you're dealing with some type of spiritual attack or some type of technology that may be directed at you, you know we know this technology exists. I covered it in, our, in a couple of my mind control podcasts that are out there. It's patented technology through the U.S. government. It was patented in 1997. And I'm sure they've been using it long before that, but it has the ability to influence the central nervous system. We need to recognize that this exists and we need to take those countermeasures. And it starts with being mindful. The same way, like I said before, you walk in a room, it smells bad. You walk out of the room or you spray an air freshener. You walk into a room and it feels bad. You walk out of that room or you find some way to counteract that energy that's making you feel bad. We can be more aware of this. We just have to start paying attention. So my friend, I wish you the best in your journey. Please keep me posted. I'll try to get into more of what you shared with our listeners because it can be helpful to everybody out there as well. Um, but, but thank you so much. And talking about, talking about energy, I, I want to segue into Donald Trump. Now I did a show months before the election called the Trump effect. I reference it often. It's an important show to listen to because I was concerned about exactly what we're seeing now, understanding how this energy works, how this mag electromagnetic field that is a part of human consciousness, human thought, human feeling is being transmitted like a Wi-Fi signal out and about. Whoa, Dennis, you sound crazy. Before you dismiss me, if you're new to the show, I encourage you to go back and listen to those other episodes. There's great research coming out of the Institute of Heart Math on social coherence explaining everything that I just talked about. And that's my fear. Understand that energy can transmit data that will influence our moods, our thoughts, and our behaviors. That's what makes the mob and a giant protest so dangerous. Because if we don't understand how this energy works, it can be used against us. Now, if we understand how this energy works, we can use it to our benefit. And I want to look at a couple different protests here before I jump into some of the other Trump stuff, but this is all related to it. You know, we had the Black Lives Matter protests, and some of them have turned violent. They've clashed with police. The Dakota Access Pipelines, there's been violence against the, the indigenous people that have been there. We've had this violence, we've had this tension. And then the media doesn't help that because the coverage they put on there is, is that negative reinforcement that fuels that energy. Now, with the Black Lives Matter protests, that's coming from a very raw emotion. The frustration and the anger that people in these communities are feeling over what's going on or the perception of what's going on. So that's the energy that's being brought into these protests. So it's easier to vibrate that energy into something even more negative, even more dangerous to that crowd and to that mindset because we're in those states, which also puts us in a more susceptible state for influence and manipulation because we're in more frustrated states of emotion, which allows us to be more suggestive to us. So that's a very dangerous situation to be in when you already have that 
negatively charged energy. When I say negative, I mean it's due to frustration. I don't mean they're wrong for feeling what they're feeling. I mean the, the quality of the energy that's coming out based on what's been going on. It's sadness, it's frustration, it's anger. Now, we've had a lot going on since Trump's come into office. We've had the, the, right after he was inaugurated, we had the women protesting all over the world. And they weren't violent. Now, that doesn't mean they're any better or any worse than these other protests that got violent. But their energy that they brought into this was coming from a different place. Yes, women are frustrated with the state of the world. They're frustrated with their oppression. But this seemed to be, to me, in principle, to bring a more positive wave through. Now, what did it accomplish? I guess, you know, that's yet to be seen. But they united all throughout the world in a peaceful manner to spread awareness to a multitude of causes. Now, here's my my thing is that... Personally, I don't like protests. Number one, because of this energetic stuff, it has the potential to go bad. I just don't like them. Number two, my initial thoughts are, well, what good is it really going to do? You may block some traffic and you're just going to make people angry and it's going to cause more drama and more conflict. Is that really going to get anything out there? And then I see, then I hear people say, well, we need to spread awareness about this. Well, Awareness is constantly being spread. If I see one more Facebook post that says, I'm sharing this to spread awareness about childhood cancer, well, everybody knows childhood cancer exists. What are you doing about it? I'm, sp- I'm sharing this to spread awareness for women's rights. Great. Spread awareness. What are you doing about it? So I think a protest is, in most cases, is can be just a similar thing. We're going to go out, we want to be heard, and that's where it stops. I've said all the time before, put that energy into action, but into constructive action. And I am not advocating violence. So many times we're conditioned to think protest has to lead to violence or change and revolution has to lead to violence. That is not the only way. So my hope is that future organizers out there, take your frustration, take your desire for change and make a plan. When you have these protests, take advantage of that opportunity. Take advantage of that energy and make that energy stronger. Put that intention out there that this protest is going to result in positive change and meet the people who are there and develop a plan of action. If you're frustrated with the status of the environment and policies that are being put in place, well, start to network and say, what can we do? Can we organize a mass boycott with all those women standing there in solidarity? You can pick causes and you can start boycotting companies that support XYZ. I guarantee you start affecting their bottom line. They're going to change their policies and that's where the power is. On an energetic level and, and on a physical, monetary, financial level, there's real power there. We need, to stop at the, at, we need to stop this level of I'm spreading awareness and I'm screaming and we need to move into action, develop a plan, take it to the next step. And again, this does not equate violence. It equates putting your words into action, finding a way to make that difference. Stop depending on other people to make that change. That's what everybody, that's the problem with the election. Everybody's so frustrated with the world, but we're arguing over, well, who's going to step into power to make the difference for us? You are. You need to be the one to go out and make that change. But instead, we wanted to elect President Trump, or we didn't want to elect President Trump, and he still ended up in power. 
whichever side of the fence you were on. Me personally, I wasn't on either side of the fence. I was somewhere off in a field from the hilltop, kind of looking over, seeing what was going on because I didn't want any parts of this mess. But there's some stuff going on now that is catching our attention. And I'm not going to be an echo chamber and just repeat everything that Trump has done in the last week. But I want to draw our attention to a few things and then put a different perspective on it. So this first one comes to us from the AmericanMirror.com. And it says, Trump orders weekly publication of crimes committed by illegals in sanctuary cities. January 25th, 2017 by Kyle Olson. In order to better inform Americans about the impact illegal aliens are having on crime rates in sanctuary cities, President Donald Trump today ordered the Secretary of Department of Homeland Security to publish a weekly list of crimes committed by illegals. In an executive order titled Enhancing Public Safety in the Interior of the United States, Trump directed uh, Secretary John Kelly to be transparent with citizens. Quote, to better inform the public regarding the public safety threats associated with sanctuary jurisdictions, the secretary shall utilize the decline detainer outcome report or its equivalent and on a weekly basis make, make public a comprehensive list of criminal actions committed by aliens and any jurisdiction that ignored or otherwise failed to honor any detainers with respect to such aliens. The order reads... The same executive order directs that federal funds be withheld from cities and counties that don't cooperate with immigration officials, Patch reports. So Trump's going after immigrants. That's what he said he was going to do. That's what he's going to do. We all have mixed feelings on that. I get it. You know, people, my family is, is immigrants. I'm a first generation American. My mother and my grandmother and my grandfather legally immigrated, emigrated from Panama here to the United States. So I'm thankful to be a United States citizen. I'm thankful that they made that decision. That doesn't mean I think everybody should be here illegally. I don't know what the answer is, but I understand the desire to come to the United States of America, especially where some of these people are coming from and what they're living in and living and dealing with. It's sad. I don't know what the answer is. My concern about this, this almost, this maybe this could be related to the fireside chats, that was out during, oh man, I'm going to embarrass myself now. One of the presidents had that during, I want to say the Depression, um, trying to inform the American people of what was going on and give them hope and stuff. And is this going to turn into that? Well, it's not going to be Donald Trump that's going to be giving these, but it's a way, to, in my opinion, to put out propaganda. Now, how's that going to look? Maybe they're just going to put out straight crime statistics. Maybe that data is going to be skewed. Maybe it's not going to be skewed. I don't know what it's going to look like. It's, they're calling for transparency here. But what impact is that going to have on the American people's perceptions of this issue? Are we going to perceive it as a greater problem? You know, sometimes we say, wow, things are really bad nowadays. And then we realize, well, no, crime rates maybe are where they were, or this issue is maybe about the same as it was, or even better. But now because of the internet, because of the way the media works, because we see it all the time, our perception believes that it's worse. So be cautious in consuming some of the stuff that's coming out, because this, this in my opinion, is propaganda. Although it's aiming to be transparent, the man has a clear agenda. And this will further that agenda. He's trying to gain your support on what he's doing. And that's why he's doing that, in my opinion. He's shaking things up. I saw today as well that he is, they're, they're breaking ground. He, he signed the order to build the wall on the Mexican-American border. I did not think it was going to happen in all honesty. I thought he was just campaigning. But he has signed that order to have it built. And he's demanding that Mexico pay for it. He said he was going to have Mexico pay for it. He's demanding they do it. Now, the president of Mexico was set to come into town next week to meet with the president. And President Trump advised him, if you're not going to pay for the wall, don't bother coming. 
and the president of Mexico canceled his trip today, saying he was not going to be attending that meeting with President Trump because he refuses to pay for the wall to keep his people out of the United States that the Americans want to build. So what's happening here? What is, what is Trump doing here? It seems to me that he's really shaking things up. It seems as if our old government and those of us that follow what, what, what people call conspiracy theory, we looked at the cabal or the mafioso families, the Bushes, the Clintons, uh, you know, the Obama administration and the relationships with the Saudis and the relationships with NATO and all these trade deals that they had going on and the wars that were waged and the agenda that they had. It seems as if Trump is coming in like he's in a different mafia family and the people he represents, and he's completely dismantling everything that they did. I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that's bad. We knew what we had with the other group. We knew their agenda. We saw what they were doing. We don't know what Trump's going to do with this. He's completely changing things up. He's completely shaking things up. Now, he seems to be gaining or talking about having the best interests of the American people in mind, I don't know yet. Is this going to benefit the American people more or less? Maybe we're just getting a different form of evil here with Trump. It's too soon for me to tell. And a lot of times people say, well, I hear a lot of people saying, well, he's our president now. Just give him a chance. Well, in all honesty, how about we give ourselves a chance? We can't do anything directly right now about him being in office, but we can make better choices ourselves. That's what I keep saying. Whatever's happening in this world, what can we do better? It's it's really something we need to stop, pause, and think about. You know, I was listening, I was listening to the radio today and the theme song from the show Lost came on. And that was a, such a powerful show for me, and it really hit me hard. And I, I had a thought that, I, and I immediately knew I wanted to share it with all of you out there. And I'm not going to completely spoil it, but if you haven't seen it, I'm going to give a little bit away here. But at the end of that show, they all realized just how important the experience they had was and the friendships and the bonds that they formed were to one another. If you've, if you've listened to my show, go back and watch Lost again. And when you get to the final episode, it, it just means so much more. I remember almost, cr- I did cry when I watched it with this lens, with this hat on, understanding things, looking at the world through the way that I do. And I bring this up because as you're watching the show, you're sitting there going, wow, these people just need to get off the island. They're so scared. All this crap keeps happening. But then when you go back and you reflect on the hardships that they faced, there was a lot of love there. And I know it's just a TV show, but there was a lot of love there. There was a lot of hardship there that caused them to learn about themselves and one another, and it deepened their bonds. If they went through life never crashing that plane and just being the people that they were, would they have had those enriching experiences in their lives? I don't think they would have. So my point bring that up is because then I thought about my own life. And sometimes we go through difficult times. We go through struggles in life and we can come out better for it. And sometimes we can go through a hardship and we can say, I wouldn't trade that hardship because of what I learned from it. 
it sucks that we have to go through it. And right now, as citizens of the world, I think we are going through some hard times. My point is we need to find a way to make the most of it, to rise above it, not just to survive, but to thrive. Build your team, build your network, build your community. Find the people who are willing to go through this struggle with you and work together. Share information in the alternative community. Stop spreading the hate. Be open-minded to everybody because we all have a little piece of the puzzle. We may not be 100% correct. None of us are, but we can all share something and take something away. And I think that's so important for us to do right now with what we're facing. Last article I'm going to cover comes to us from the New York Times. Trump prepares orders aiming at global funding and treaties. Washington, the Trump administration, is preparing executive orders that would clear the way to drastically reduce the United States' role in the United Nations and other international organizations, as well as begin a process to review and potentially abrogate certain forms of multilateral treaties. The first of the two draft orders titled Auditing and Reducing U.S. Funding of International Organizations and Obtained by the New York Times calls for terminating funding by the United Nations Agency or other international body that meets any one of several criteria. Those criteria include organizations that give full membership to Palestinian Authority or Palestinian Liberation Organization or support programs, support programs that fund abortion or any activity that circumvents sanctions against Iran or North Korea. The draft order also calls for terminating funding for any organization that is controlled or substantially influenced by any state that sponsors terrorism or is blamed for the persecution of marginalizing groups or any other systematic violation of human rights. This article goes on to explain this in greater detail. I, I recommend that you read it and then verify it and check other sources. This is just the tip of the iceberg and um, there's always more to the story. I hear a lot of people saying, that Trump is, is crazy. He has no clue what he's doing. And I don't think that's the case. Now, I'm not saying I like the guy. I'm not saying I agree with what he's doing. I don't know where I stand. He, he's doing so much right now, I can't process and absorb to say, well, this is good, this is bad. I don't know yet. But I don't think the man's crazy. I think, I think the man is a chess player. And I think strategically he's making moves. And I think he knows full well what he's doing. I think the people... In some situations, at least with his military advisors, he has a plan. He is setting things up for what I don't know yet. Now, he is trying to increase American prosperity, American pride, a sense of nationalism, and he's trying to increase American security and that sense of patriotism. Is this going to work to those ends? I don't know but I don't think the man is crazy. And that could be a dangerous thing. It could be a good thing. I, I just don't know at this point. One thing that I, this is my conspiracy mind going off the deep end again, but he wants to pull out of NATO. I'm wondering who that's going to piss off. Now we did just have NATO in here not too long ago. And they were saying there were human rights violations in regards to the Dakota access pipeline protests that were happening from the, against the citizens of, of those protests, they were saying police were using excessive force against them with the water hoses, with, with the way they were keeping them in cages, with the way they were writing numbers on their arms. They found clear human rights violations. So now, plus, we have these protests and clashes with police and more people claiming that the authority is, is abusing them and, and in violation. So it looks bad on the international stage. 
To further that, Trump signed another executive order authorizing the completion of the Keystone, I'm sorry, not the Keystone Pipeline, of the, uh, the, the Dakota Access Pipeline, among others. So that's going to continue. And now he's pulling out of the UN. Is this going to give the UN grounds to step in and say, hey, you're in violation, now we're taking action. Now we're either putting sanctions on the United States or we're going to react militarily and send in some kind of peacekeeping operation. I, I honestly don't know. And this isn't a statement to scare you because I'm sure many of you out there know this and understand more than me. And I'd love to hear this in the comments on any one of my, my threads where I post this. Let me know what you think on this. Is this a possibility or am I just going off the deep end once again? But it's something to think about because he's definitely shaking things up on the world stage. How's that going to impact us? Let's go back to what I said before though. Let's focus on what we can do. If something like that happens, you're going to want a strong community. We're going to need to rely on one another to take care of one another, to support one another, so we can continue to thrive. Let's stop putting our hopes and dreams of our future into the decision-making powers of a select elite few in this world. There are things we can do. There is power that we have amongst ourselves and within our communities, and we need to access that power. And that does not involve violence. There's so much more we can do. But it starts with you. It starts with a mindset. So take some time this week. Think about that. Pick one thing that you're passionate about, one thing that you want to improve upon, and start working on it right away. Start writing those ideas down. Start putting them into action. Start talking to people who are in your local communities and saying, hey, let's do something here. That's where we need to be. That's what we need to be doing because we are facing some challenging times, but we have more of a say than we realize in the outcome of these times that we're living in. I've gone over my normal time limit here, but that's okay because I think this is important content to get out and talk about and to think about. Remember the energetic stuff, how we're influencing that as well. So keep putting that positive stuff out there. Not just positive thinking, but you need to feel that positivity. You need to send that energy. You need to absorb that energy. Redirect it. Stop fighting because you're going to become what you're fighting. Use that dance. Use that kung fu. Okay, friends, I'd like to thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to check out the show notes at serviceofchange.com. I'll have all the links that you can check out and, and do your own research and begin your own research as well. Daily Gnosis comes out Monday through Friday through the YouTube channel. This upcoming week, I'm going to be exploring the archons, how they come about, how they came into existence in the Nag Hammadi Library. You're not going to want to miss it. I started the precursor for that during this previous week, talking about how the aeons were created and it's just interesting stuff. Like I said, it, 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 this book reads like a science fiction novel when you start breaking it down with this particular lens on when I mean, you're looking through it this way. So it's really interesting stuff. Daily Gnosis, just four minutes a day, Monday through Friday. Be sure to check it out and sign up for the secret newsletter at serviceofchange.com every single Sunday morning. You'll have your free copy of the secret newsletter sent to your inbox with the latest podcast show notes, any additional articles and exclusive content from me as well. Plus you'll get free access to read my free ebook, I Am Human and We Are Not Who We Think We Are that really starts the ball rolling and dissecting this reality that we live within. I'm Dennis Nappy II with Service of Change. This has been The Secret Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning and keep an open mind. Thank you. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not
truth seekers.